Welcome to your Lunchtime News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons, jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story is that President Trump extends his distance rules to April 30th. He's suggesting we avoid non-essential travel, avoid gatherings of over 10 people, avoid restaurant dining, a lot of stuff like that. I would say all the mayors and governors and everything are way ahead of him. And anybody who thinks that the parties matter, that we have not had, I've said this so many times, I can take tweets like, well, he's getting his arm twisted. Trump is Batman. I don't think so. No Republican or Democrat is going to save anyone from any of this. And uh, I feel like we need to just kind of wake up to that. There, there are stats coming out. If you look at Iceland and South Korea, they have the most robust data and the fatality rate is very low. But I put together just two numbers that I got one from the cover of the Wall Street Journal that there have been 2,000 deaths in the U.S., to date, this was today, the front page of today's Wall Street Journal. And in this article about Trump extending the deadline, it said that Johns Hopkins is reporting, so we know they were in, in on Event 201, so for what it's worth, is reporting 142,000 cases in the U.S. And this is like very sketchy testing. It's likely over, they're over-reporting deaths. And even if you take that number, that 2,000, as a percentage of 142,000, it's 0.7% which is not a spiky fatality rate. And this kind of stuff is reflected in the fact that mortality rates in Europe have not spiked overall. Like there is no big death thing happening. And you can even go back to Europe's numbers from January of 2017 and you see what a spike looks like in their numbers across the board. It must've been a tough winter or whatever. We're not seeing that, certainly not yet. They even adjusted the prediction model. The guy who made the original prediction model over in the UK that a lot of hysteria was based off of, he lowered the overall numbers that he originally predicted. Yes, I saw that. And they downgraded it to like- Neil Ferguson, is that the guy? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. I mean, now they're going to just jumble up numbers there. And it's funny because I saw a headline from Jim Cramer, the stock guy, the histrionic, like screaming stock guy. He's like, you people just don't believe in science. That's your problem. And I'm cracking up because all of the people who are telling us to shut up because science, they're, this science is terrible. If you actually think of science as science instead of a religion, it, the, they're not living up to their own standards of consistent, robust, statistically sound, random sampling. None of that is applied to this, except for in the few cases where they're just kind of sampling every single person because they really can't figure out science. You don't have to sample every single person, but the places where they are, Iceland and South Korea, you're seeing way, way, way lower fatality rates. Yeah, there. you said a minute ago that they might be overinflating the numbers. I'd say they definitely, absolutely, 100% overinflating the numbers to try- The death and, numbers. And death probably under-reporting the infection numbers because- like probably everybody's already been exposed to it. Most people don't have any, you know, if you if you put that number right, then the fatality rate is way, 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 way lower. Yeah. And what they're trying to do this week, the talking point of the weekend has been the apocalyptic scene inside of the New York hospitals, which a lot of people are questioning. I questioned it last week. And 
I was watching Stelter of Reliable Sources, the most unreliable source on television. Everybody's in their home. They're doing their YouTube split cams. Nobody has good audio. Nobody has good lighting in their panel discussion they're doing. And they're all talking about how the public needs to see what's going on inside of these hospitals. They need to see the death and the destruction going on. And they're talking about this video that leaked over the weekend from a doctor in New York And in the video, when they set the video up, you think you're going to see a zombie movie when you watch this video. You watch the video, (laughs) all you see is a woman walking around a hospital showing people's feet with dramatic music playing underneath it with her talking sensationally about what's going on. So you don't actually see really much of anything except a woman walking through a space. Well, someone did tweet at me, check out the hashtag empty hospitals and people are posting videos of the ER near them, including in New York City, where you see it's real time because it's during the day and the streets are absolutely empty. I mean, I'm from New York. That never, ever, 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 ever happens. And now worse than ever, I can't even go there. It's such a crowded place now. Yeah. And their ERs are empty. And they're trying to make you feel like if you question that, if you say something like that, that the, some of the ERs are empty, that you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Stelter said some of these people are driving by hospitals, some of these fringe lunatic people, crazy people. And that's how we premised it. I'll play are gathering the, evidence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're calling them like climate deniers. Yeah. You're as crazy as a climate denier. Exactly. And meanwhile, since the spraying stopped, our weather has returned to normal in some places. In some places, they're still spraying. And then you really know... That it's bull because there aren't enough planes to account for it. Yeah, yeah. What Seltzer said was these people, crazy people, are driving past the hospitals and they're not seeing anybody from the outside and they're saying there's nobody in the hospitals. And he goes, this is dangerous. This is crazy. This is lunacy. And he's demonizing that. And then he doesn't, he doesn't justify or defend his position. He just demonizes anybody who says that. He says it's crazy <laughs> yeah. and dangerous. And everybody's well, just agreeing with, yeah, yeah, they're crazy, dangerous. Kill them. Let's kill. Let's give them coronavirus. Yeah, it's that virtue thing where people are are just getting on the bandwagon. It's that free will shaming. Yes. Hashtag I invented free will shaming. Just this idea that to think for yourself and not get on, on board is antisocial. This is how you become a Nazi without realizing it. People talk about Nazi Germany. They think that they would be one of the outspoken few that stood up to the Nazi regime. When when you look at mass psychology and the way groupthink works, no, you would not have been. You would have been a conformist. Most people would have, and they would have fallen in line because this is how that happens. People get terrified, and there's a perfect example of that with a story that happened last night. These people cut down a tree to block off somebody's driveway to prevent them, these, these four dudes that lived in this house in Maine, to prevent them from leaving because they suspected that the person had coronavirus despite them showing no symptoms. The only reason they suspected it is because the people had a New Jersey license plate, so they assumed they fled from New Jersey. Wow. That's how you become a Nazi. Wow. And the governments are also in the U.S. tracking people by their phones. And, yeah, and through to social see media. where they've been. Wow. Well, I have to make a point about the Nazi thing. Yeah. I agree with you. And it's an absolutely... Remember, the Nazis were socialists. They were national socialists yeah. as opposed to international socialists, which is workers of the world unite. So it's all about totalitarianism. It comes from the left, for sure. They call it the right because of the nationalistic aspect, but that's a totally European concept. For us, the right was a traditional, was conservative, like going back to the American founding principles. But I had a friend from Europe call me. A few people from Europe have called me lately 
And he was, uh, it's actually over there. I have asked people and they do know, usually somebody knows somebody who's sick, super sick. So there is a bug going around and it's bad. Nobody knows anybody who died, but I don't know anybody in this country who personally, like my friend has it. So in any case, he was saying, oh, Trump is bad and needs to be removed and blah, blah, blah. Just like they're horrified at Trump. They think Trump's Nazi or whatever. And I, I, my point to him was that Trump is not the guy. Trump is not this guy who represents, like the way people think Trump is Batman. They all like get, it's like personification. They're projecting onto Trump that President Trump is a human being and not a role that is being played. Now, it is significant. He's like, I can't believe this guy is blah, blah, blah. What is significant, though, is that in order to get what they wanted done, which is the way Obama silenced the anti-war left, Trump is silencing, for starters, the uh, fiscal conservative right, but the anti-globalist right, everything like that. They're defending him. And my only point is they had to give the left Obama like a highly educated, very classy, elegant black guy with international roots and, uh, you know, just somebody who was really portrayed to be charming and all that kind of stuff. They gave us Trump. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's the guy they were like, he's the guy. He's the guy who can get this country in line and not resist the most draconian. I mean, when he signed that bill, he said, this is, this looks like a $2 trillion bill, but it could really go as big as $6 trillion. This is historic. I got a lot to say about that. I have cracked the code on this whole thing, but I just wanted to point out that it's not Trump, but Trump does represent what they think of us, what they gave us to get this done. And it is working. Well, he did sign the national defense production act. Is that the name of it? The defense production act. He did invoke that to get who did he get GM or somebody to make ventilators? Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. even know if they're short on ventilators. Everybody's been talking about how, how they're short on ventilators and come to find out they're not actually yet short on ventilators. And all this has been fear in order to try and drum up a bunch of uh, ventilators in anticipation of a wave that's coming in two weeks. So they say. And one of the things that has been in the news is that go- that businesses are now lobbying governments for greater control and that was in uh, event 201, uh, call to action number five, that the that global business leaders should play a far more dynamic role as advocates with a stake in stronger pandemic preparedness, advocates to the government. So straight out of that, that's definitely what's happening. And uh, J- Johnson & Johnson, who's actually at the table for event 201, was just tapped to ha- to produce a million of the vaccines, which aren't even ready yet, and their stock has been going through the roof. I don't know what it is compared to like pre-coronavirus, but they're definitely at the table and benefiting. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go into your financial thing, or do you? Want I me- do. I kind of feel like I cracked the code. All on, right, let's hear it. on what's going on. So I was thinking about it this way. If you just came, one some actor said that he had just come a couple of weeks ago, maybe a week ago, he had just come out of a silent retreat with no contact to the outside world and had no idea what was going on. Jared like Leto. Was, yeah. So I thought, I thought about that for a second. Like, what if you parachuted in from another planet or from a silent retreat or whatever when they were signing the stimulus packages, the monetary stimulus announcing what the Fed is doing? The Fed is talking about 
illegally buying corporate debt, they're actually floating the idea of buying equity. Now, it makes no sense at all to buy equity as a way to keep companies from going bankrupt. Equity can go to zero and companies can still remain operational. When they start not being able to pay their debt, then the, then it switches hands. But the Fed should, it's illegal for them to buy corporate debt. It's crazy illogical for them to buy equity unless there's something else going on. So if you parachuted in from out of town and you saw what they were doing with the stimulus, the fiscal stimulus and the monetary stimulus, you, and you tried to figure out what could have triggered this, you never would have thought a pandemic. You would have thought a financial crisis or a debt crisis. And that's exactly what I think it is. And I think that this whole pandemic thing is, granted, it is solving, it is implementing many, 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 many agenda items, many. But I believe it was triggered now and here because... Like I said six months ago or whatever, they they need to kick this financial can down the road until after the election because they want Trump reelected. And then I talked to somebody, a couple of people, whatever, said they can't. They won't even be able to get that far. They need to start stimulating. And my response was, how are they going to get away with that and still make Trump look like the economics guy, the good business guy, the good economy guy? So that's why I think they triggered this. And I believe that they're keeping stuff up there like Event 201 and all that. Because it does get us to focus on the pandemic as the central fraud of the whole thing. Yeah. But really, it's just a financial fraud. And at the same time that they're passing these bills that Massey, Thomas Massey, got the congressman, demanded that they return to D.C., and they did. There were enough of them in the room to have a recorded vote, and Pelosi refused to allow it. He said for the first time in his eight years in Congress. Yeah. So they were there, and they refused to allow it. And then the last thing is that this pandemic not only gave an excuse for the largest spending bill in history by uh, uh, like a whole number factor, it's probably twice as much at least, but also it gave an excuse to suspend the First Amendment. We are not permitted to assemble. So we can't go and protest this the way we could protest Obamacare. We have been de facto suspended. Our free speech, you're right, is now filtered through the digiverse. And there's one other huge financial thing that they tried to put in here, but that was just a, a messaging bill, as you have pointed out to us, that they had to take it out. But I understand what a digital currency now, a real federal digital currency now is for, and it's simple and interesting and deadly, and it's going to happen financially deadly. This is it. So they put in this thing where the Fed would have a digital dollar. And what what that would mean is all money in the banks would be the Fed digital dollar. And if you had cash, it would be, there's a very critical factor that people don't understand about the digital dollar. I'll tell you after the break. With no sports to watch or games to bet on, the presidential election is the only competition still running. I checked with my bookie, and they're taking action on the outcome. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Trump versus Biden. However, if you take a shot on Bernie Sanders getting the nomination, 100 bucks will win you 800 My bookie has odds on everything political. 
From what they're going to say in the debates to the next terrorist to be captured, MyBookie.com has it all. Join now and start winning huge today. Visit MyBookie.ag, that's MyBookie.ag, and use the promo code BINKLEY, B-I-N-K-L-E-Y, all caps, for a 50% deposit bonus. At MyBookie, you can bet on anything. The crucial factor about the digital dollar, which I did not realize, is that it would have an exchange rate with cash. It's a different currency. So you think, well, I don't, what does digital mean if it's just a dollar is a dollar? It's not. So because of that, the feds can say, all your bank accounts are in a digital dollar. We are now charging negative interest rates. So if you put money in the bank, it's going to go down by 3% a year. So you need to spend it, put it in stocks that we're not allowed to buy directly, but we can force you to buy them, piss your money away, consuming stuff, whatever. But if you choose not to put it in our bank where we are going to take 3% a year and you want to hide it under your pillow, that's okay. But when you go to spend it in a year, the exchange rate is now going to be 97 cents. So you're or a dollar three, whatever, you're going to have to pe- spend more physical dollars to transact. So when you go to 7-Eleven, they're going to have two different currencies. They're going to have the digital currency, which is a dollar, and your crappy old cash. Your coronavirus-covered cash. Yeah. And I mean, eventually it just goes away, but that's how they're going to do it. And that, I think, is prob- they'll probably start in Europe first. How soon? Well, that's the thing. I I did. This must be uh, what that Gordon White was saying on the higher side chat. He was thinking like next week they would have a bank holiday and just stop like banking activities in Europe. And then when they emerged, something different would be happening. They're also talking about Corona bonds where they're going to bail out some of the government's hardest hit by the coronavirus, which, by the way, happened to be the government's hardest hit by an overwhelming debt burden, which there was all the articles from the end of last year were like, there's no way out. Yeah. And now, well, it's the coronavirus. It's like, it's a, well, it happens to be the same countries. Yeah. Italy, most prominently. So I know that's a lot, but I do feel like it's kind of, I think that this is straight up a financial crisis and that the pandemic was used to implement a lot of things, but its main purpose was to give really noisy cover. And that's why I think there, Nancy Pelosi has another stimulus bill already written, supposedly. So they have to keep the economic pain going yeah. for as long as that. So regardless of any health things, they need to keep us from functioning economically so that we continue to clamor for more of this stuff while the First Amendment continues to be suspended. Yeah, they are going to keep the pain up, keep people feeling pain. The way they're going to do that, and you're going to see this this week, is I mentioned this earlier, you're going to see lots of pictures starting to leak out, videos starting to leak out. They're going to try and give you a vivid picture of what they want you to believe is going on in these hospitals, an apocalyptic picture that you can feel personally that drives you to stay home and obey, to submit, like they live. That's what we're going to start seeing. That's what they've been seeding end of last week, over the weekend. And I think along with what you're saying, fundamentally changing the psychology of Americans and the way that they live forever. 
a generational event, as you've mentioned before. I think that is a major purpose of this. This is why I believe it's going to continue to extend because 21 habits creating uh, 21 days to create a new habit is is what people often say. I think they're going to extend it well beyond that so that people start to adjust and do these new lifestyle changes that they have to to survive because people are going crazy right now. They're really starting to feel despair. They're starting to not see any hope, any light at the end of the tunnel, and that is a process of of mourning, so to speak, that they will eventually come out of and shift to most people will and they'll start to go through an adjustment period. And it's not just the emotional and habitual thing. It's that they will actually destroy small businesses, jobs, and wages. So even if you had the mental resiliency, you are really not going to be able to feed yourself. Absolutely no one on earth uh, plans for, I mean, even when you think, I often say this, like you... You're, when you lose your job, other people lose their jobs, so it's going to be harder for you to find another job. Or when you lose your job and other people lose their jobs, your house is going to go down in value. You have to kind of think of simultaneous hits to your ability to sustain yourself. Nobody, even I, have never thought of two months of criminalized economic activity. They have criminalized production and consumption for two months. And absolutely everybody will feel that. I did see in the Wall Street Journal, there was a handout this or a insert this weekend, how the pandemic will change our lives forever. I didn't get to read it yet. But my guess is, I mean, they're going to tell you the truth. It's that's I'm sure that's real. It's it's on purpose, but it's definitely, you know, it's going to have real information in it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a few ways here that life is already starting to change for people. One being that right now, anyway, if you have a baby and you have it in the hospital, you are not going to get to see that baby for who knows how long. At least at Northside Hospital, I believe it was in Georgia, there's a couple who cannot see their baby right now. This will be a way to really segment society, bifurcate society to like naturalists tunnel dwellers dean sent yeah. me a military like training thing where it showed yes and other and the matrix too they they sh- he showed a thing where they're training soldiers it was a training video on how to deal with tunnel cities i saw you know i saw a video like that before you're right you're totally right people are going to start rejecting you can't go to the hospital yeah i right now i don't know if the hospitals are full or not but the fact that it is out there that you cannot go see somebody in the hospital. If somebody ends up with an ailment and they end up in the hospital, chances are they are going to end up by themselves. Who knows if they're getting the good treatment? You can't be there to ask questions. Part of going, part of surviving when you're in an emergency room or an ICU situation is having an advocate there who can ask good questions and pay close attention for you. And without that, not to say that doctors or nurses would intentionally do anything wrong. They're just already overworked as it is. You go in an icy room before all this happened, and the nurses and the doctors are scrambling. They are already overworked, and they aren't going to be able to take as much care for your family member without you there to ask the questions that they they might not know the history or whatever. That is how my father died. Yes, and I always say that after he died. I was like, never, ever leave your person alone and leave it in the hands, like figure it out. Right. Like think through what they're doing and what's happening. Not like, I'm not an advocate of like, ask a lot of questions. Uh -uh. Figure out what the answer is. And if they're not doing it, make sure they do it or ask them why. Once you tell them what to do, they have to write it down and then they have to 
deal with it. They yeah. have to either do it or explain why they didn't. And nine out of 10 times they'll do it. If I had known that for both my best friend and my father, I think there would have been a different outcome. Yeah. People are, we are conditioned to automatically trust these authority figures. And there is a lot of things that we should trust, but we should always, like you said, come in with a little bit of knowledge that we can gain and make sure we are watching closely because they're, they are, they have thin resources at most hospitals already. So people are dying. You don't know why they're dying necessarily. You're just being told it's coronavirus because you weren't able to see them. It's, it's, it puts people in a situation where they have to choose. Do I take my loved one to the hospital and risk never seeing them again? Or do I try and figure out this ailment they have on my own? And their interests are not actually aligned with yours. Their interest is defined by their medical malpractice. Yeah. And I'm not criticizing them. It's they they have to, they they can't be held liable for someone's death, millions right. and millions of dollars. So their interest is totally medical malpractice, which is not your interest. And that, in the second case of my best friend, it was clear they were very afraid of medical malpractice. So they gave my friend tests that she did not need and that killed her. Like one yeah. test had to keep her from drinking. Like she couldn't have any water. And she had an electrolyte problem because she was very sick, dying. And uh, and that just put her over the edge because you need water if you have an electrolyte imbalance. Like you have to be careful of that stuff. You don't have to be like, well, we gave her the MRI. It's like, well, the MRI killed her. So, <laughs> you know, but that part, they're not liable. Right. And with nobody in the hospitals to check it, and with pressure coming from the Absolutely CDC, whoever. right. My lesson is never leave them unattended. And and now you have to leave them unattended. Even your little baby. What uh, the heck? Yeah, exactly. And, and they what can kind of tests are they gonna do? Classify everything as coronavirus without their without any question being to it, and you there's nothing you can do about it. A couple of other more lighthearted ways that life has already changed. Quarantine together is a new dating app for the coronavirus <laughs> age where people only chat through the text messaging for a little while, then eventually if you connect, you can get uh, video chat. But the first thing it asks everybody before you can match with somebody is, did you wash your hands recently? It gives you the talking point prompts that we've been hearing in the news about social distancing, hand washing. Not that hand washing is bad. Definitely wash your hands. But the social distancing of six feet, like all of these talking points are being interlaced through all these different avenues of communication we're getting. Now we have a dating app so we can learn to just fall in love digitally and never even meet in person maybe. Maybe people start getting married who have never met each other. I bet that happens. Wow. And you know, point. that's weird. I remember when digital communication started to emerge, I was still dating and like I would interact with people and then you meet them and you're like, wow, this guy is like insanely awkward yeah. or, you know, I don't, I don't really have that great, really fast sense of humor. I thought I had, cause it took me 15 minutes to actually think to write about that. The, come back. Yeah. I'm thinking about that one for a few days. <laughs> right. The, the shrimp store called. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A few others, birthday parties. Birthday parties, you can no longer bring a bunch of people over. The 10 people is the limit around the country for most most states, but that's definitely the recommendation federally. So what people are doing in New York, people are having Zoom parties, obviously, to do birthday parties. But other creative things that people are doing is a mom of someone turning 16, a girl turning 16, 
got all the neighbors to get out on their porch and took her took her daughter for a walk around the neighborhood while everybody from their porch sang happy birthday and played that is super sweet i love that it's kind of cool i like that idea another one that somebody did is similar to that but kind of reversed all the people from the neighborhood drove their cars by honking singing happy birthday and they paraded in front of the house while the birthday person was on the porch and they got to hear all the well wishes in that way well, I have noticed that people have been out on the streets in droves. My dog yeah, is like jealous right. of other dogs. So he's kind of annoying when other dogs, like I have two dogs, but the male like really goes bananas. I have to, cr- I keep having to cross the street to get away from people and their dogs. And they think that I'm like being really respectful of their like Corona space. And I'm just like, excuse me, not paranoid, just my dog's too heavy for me to hold back. I love that. I love that you want to clarify. I'm not getting yes, away from I you because care. I'm following social distancing. <laughs> I just don't want my dog getting into a fight with your dog. And like once in a while, people like real jerks, I would say, like they'll walk by and they, they'll like have a bandana around their neck and they'll like put it up over their face as okay, they a walk gang past. member. Yeah. Oh, as you yeah, pass. Yeah, because I'm, because I am. I am a, 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 a biological organism. That's why you got to say thank you for blocking hole. your coronavirus from me. I know because that's the only thing. That's great. And when people wear the masks out on the street, I'm like, you understand how this works, right? Yeah. I mean, clearly you don't. I, I honestly think that that is more, if you're wearing it to that extent, where you're not even getting fresh air and it gets so moist in there. It's dirty. Yeah. It's much more, I think it's much more likely to get you sick. I think this whole thing is more likely to get you sick in different ways. Yeah. I really, I, so I'm collecting, we have a couple of things going on Twitter. One is I'm collecting like how to, how to keep sane and healthy. And I've got like many, many responses. I'm going to compile that. I also collected and I'm still collecting. If you want to go to my Twitter at Monica Perez show bug out books, I think I have uh, like at least 150 Mostly just books you want if you've got to hunker down, but a few of them are like how to survive. Yeah. Those are good too. So I'm putting together all that and I'll make it. A lot of people have contributed. If you want to contribute, get your book on the list. I'm going to sort it by title and author and uh, put it on the propreport.com. It's been fun kind of getting people's ideas, but the thing about healthy and sane has been good because uh, it's it has a lot of, like I just love like sunlight. I realize like, you know, show some skin. Don't take, don't use sunscreen. Like, get your vitamin D. It's so good for your mental state. Absolutely, it's nice to go outside. Won't be long before they try to shut that down as well. Maybe we'll see. The thing I that I I forgot about the new way of life, and then we'll wrap it up. Sports. People are finding a fill-in for sports, and one of those fill-ins is they're doing they're making up games on Twitter. Another is they are tracking. NBA 2K on the Xbox and playing out those seasons and watching those and like gambling and betting on those. Oh, do and, you know what was repl- what replaced the Monica Perez show on WSB? What? UGA reruns. UGA. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I found sorry. myself. Did I just scoop you? You did. You did. I found. Oh, I'm super sorry. I, I found myself watching a Georgia Tech basketball game from 1990 against UNLV. And I chose the game to watch. Like, I specifically chose a game that devastated me as a child. Oh, my gosh. What is wrong with you? Because they lost in the final four. Because I'm a Tech fan. A Tech fan does not feel right unless they're suffering. So I couldn't choose (laughs) any of the games that they won leading to the final four. You have to move on. I had to choose the one. I'm watching. Be a Yankees fan. Be a bandwagoner. I'm watching this game. And Tech's winning at halftime against UNLV, one of the best teams of all time. And I'm going, wow, they might. Why am I watching this game? (laughs) I know what's going to happen. 
Why am I <laughs> why am I torturing myself right now? Yes, what is that's you know, that's a little mental, buddy. That and the hand washing. Well, you know You fit right in. I think we're all a little mental. Right novel now. corona world. Yeah, well, it's definitely a novel world. So I've still got more stuff, but I wanna we're I don't actually intentionally like put this stuff in order, save stuff for the patron 15. I just have 15 minutes more of stuff. I have texts from my friend in Sweden. There's I, a lot of yeah. like what's going on in Sweden. I want to tell you what uh, I think it's Shaughnessy, the the guy who's going to be in charge of the uprising is up to. Oh, wow. Well, I got uh, one clip of Brian Stelter that really sums up what they're doing and how much of a putz he is. All right, let's hear it. All right, you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or on your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. And if you want more Drive Time News Blast, you can get that by becoming a Propaganda Report patron. Where for just five bucks a month or between 16 and 17 cents a day, you will get access to a minimum of 15 minutes of commercial free extra content for every weekday show that we record. We will also soon be adding new rewards to our other tiers as well. So to become a patron, go to patreon.com backslash propaganda report or click on the orange Patreon button in the show notes. If you're already a patron, stay tuned for more Drive Time News Blast. Stay safe, keep your hands clean, and remember guys, don't drink the Clorox.